obeying the voice of God, it means that anytime you disobey the voice of God, anytime you disconnect yourself from the services of God, God sent you into the way of the belly. So when you speak, God cannot hear. Nothing can hear you. Hallelujah. But I pray in the name of Jesus that today you would obey the voice of God. You don't have to be cast into the belly of the whale for God to attend to you. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Everybody, man for me got two bonshuim and some many about me hosho. Ana pay me when ni embra hosho. Kame pa. Missy ana pay me when ni yaday embra hosho. When embra hosho. When embra hosho. This morning I'm speaking on the team. What is your use? What is your use or importance in the house of the Lord? I thought somebody would clap because the team is not good. What is your use? What is your importance in the house or at the house of the Lord? What is your use? What is your importance? Messages like this we don't want to hear. But these are the messages that carry the DNA of God. If you are looking for success, you don't have to sit under the ocean where the pastor will declare you shall be blessed. The blessing will never manifest. Praise the name of the Lord. I said the blessing will not what? Manifest. It will not manifest. What is your use? in the house of the Lord, young man. Young lady, what is your use in the house of the Lord? When we come to your various houses, everybody is important in their house. If a husband, you are not important to your family, your wife, by now, but I've divorced you a long time. And as a wife, if you are not important and useful in your house, by now, your husband, but I've divorced you a long time. So if you are married and your wife still love you, your husband still love you. If you have a boyfriend, a girlfriend, and the boyfriend still love you, and the girlfriend still love you, it means you are important, you are useful to that person. When God realized the unusefulness, the unimportance of the prophet called Jonah, God cast him into the belly whale. The whale, the belly of the whale, the whale. When you are not important, God discard you. He cast you out. Hallelujah. Friday, I said something here. I said there were many people following Jesus. But Jesus never planned to go and live and stay with any of them in their house. There were many people following Jesus. They think they were righteous. They think the father they are with Jesus, they qualify. But Jesus never went to sleep with any of them in the house. But Bible said when Jesus saw a certain short man called Zacchaeus at the top of the tree, everybody knows as far as the Jewish are concerned, every tax collector is an incorruptible person. Every tax collector is a thief. Every tax collector is a bad person. He's a wicked person. 
But this is the man. Jesus decided to sleep in his house. Because what the man did when Jesus entered into his house is an indication the man was ready and was ever ready to meet Jesus. Because the man climbed the tree, wanted to look and have a look at Jesus. He never expected that Jesus would call on him and to go and sleep in his house. The man was not expecting any of the services Jesus rendered to the man. When you come to God, you don't have expectation. People that go to God with an expectation, they fail and they receive nothing and they end up that, oh God, no, 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 no. God is not loving. The man doesn't love me. Whenever you enter into the house of God with an expectation, you live empty-handed. But whenever you enter into the house of God and the presence of God with any expectation, but you go with your heart, I am going to serve God. I'm going to be useful. God bless you abundantly. I've never in my life given offering to God expecting that God, I want you to heal me. I want you to bless me. I want you to give me a job. Whenever I am giving to God, I give to him because I want to give to him. And whenever God decides to bless me, he blesses me because he wants to bless me. Not because I am asking. Because anything you ask has a limitation. But anything you don't ask that you receive does not have a limitation. I said, anything you ask of the Lord has a limitation. But anything God gives to you without you asking is unlimited. Abraham never asked God for anything. He never asked God for anything. Read your Bible very well. He always gave to God. And he always there for God. And anytime God comes to Abraham, he gives to Abraham in a way that he can never think of. He gives him in a way that man can never compete. Anytime God decides to bless you, he'll give you a blessing nobody can compete with you. Anybody that will dare to compete with you will fall flat. That is how God is. What is your use? What is your importance in the house of God? What is your use? What is your importance? In the house of God. Ecclesiastes chapter number 9 verse number 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. <coughs> Sorry. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse number 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse number 10. If you have not opened your Bible, let me read it. 
If you have opened, let's read it together. Let's read it together. Are you all there? Oh, are you all there? If you are there, let me see your hand. If you are there, let me see your hand. Good. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse number 10. Let's read it together. One go. Whatsoever thy hand find to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor what? Device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave. Without what? Whether thou what? Goest. Clap your hands for the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Whatever your hand finds to do, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. What is the Bible telling us? What is your use or your importance in the house of God? Hallelujah. Solomon wrote and he said whatever your hand find to do do it with all your might. You are in the house of God. This scripture was something that Solomon was referring to the building of the temple of God. Praise the name of the Lord. And David left everything in the hands of the son called Solomon. And I said it somewhere else. And I think I've said it here before. I said, anytime you're expecting something from God, he gives you nothing. But anytime you expect nothing from God, he gives you something. People that fight over things, when they receive it, they don't make good use of it. But people that don't fight about anything, when they receive something, they make good use of it. Hallelujah. Something happened. All the children of David saw that David was weak. He was old. David was about to die. So all the sons were fighting for the throne. They were fighting for the throne. But all the children that fought to sit on the throne never had the throne to sit on. But when all of them were fighting for it, they died. The Bible says that Solomon was young. He never thought of becoming a king. He never dreamt of becoming a king. All his dream was that I am the prince of Judah. My father is a king and I am the prince. My senior elders are there. It is their time. And not my time. Hallelujah. In life, 
The reason why many people have failed, not because they don't have the ability, not because they don't have the gift of God, not because they don't have the wisdom to succeed, but because they never identify their time. <laughs> Hallelujah. When your father is alive, you don't fight for the leadership of the whole house. Or you become an enemy to your father. When you become an enemy to your father, you are disconnected from inheritance. Hallelujah. Absalom, Abinadab, all of them, they fought for the throne and they lost it. Solomon was seated somewhere else, was when I say get ready for something, what I mean is that prepare for it. Prepare for it. Our understanding of English language is limited. That is why I said, me, I don't understand English, but I speak heavily language. That's what I interpret. Get ready, it means be prepared. When preparation meets opportunity there is divine explosion there is an unlimited provision there is unlimited making hallelujah when preparation meet opportunity there is uncontestable blessings when you prepare yourself when you prepare yourself for something when the finally the thing shows up you can never be a novice. You can never fall flat. But what you do is that you take charge because you have learned it on the ground. I remember some time ago, we went to some place and my senior pastor have never seen me preach before. Anytime they give me opportunity, I said, Daddy, I prefer to do opening prayer. So I go to church and do opening prayer there. That's what I do. I hijack the office of the opening prayer. Before anybody will do opening prayer, I must be consulted. Hallelujah. There are two offices in the church I took over. I was associate pastor, but I never dared to sit. Hallelujah. I took the office of the cleaning of the house. And I took the office of the opening prayer. The lowest office is what I took. And I, I did it jealously. Hallelujah. I did it in the way that when I finish opening prayer, anybody who takes the mic, you can run. Come apart. Because I raised the bar. And every morning, all the church members, they come to church early, not because they are coming to see the man of God. But they are coming because there is a morning feast that is being served at the church. And anybody that was in the church, when, when you miss the opening prayer, it means you have missed your connection to the man of God and your connection to God. I prepare for it. I prepare for it. We went to Latabia Okoshi Apostolic to preach. My father, they were doing 21 days program and he was invited as a main speaker to speak out throughout the, the whole 21 days. I've been following him. 
and leave office early. Go to his office. Go to his house. Iron his dress. Polish his shoe. And polish his slippers. And send the shoe inside the car. And I sit down. Waiting for him. Hallelujah. That time I had a church. At Sakumo Nolashibi. I had more than 300 members following me. 14 pastors. I left the church. And I came to serve under the man. I said, God, I don't deserve to lead. I deserve to follow. Hallelujah. If you don't learn to follow, you can never lead. <laughs> Hallelujah. And your ability to follow determines your ability to lead. In the days of your following, if you are incorruptible, it means the days of your leadership, you'll be incorruptible. Hallelujah. I follow the man. I follow the man. I follow the man. I follow the man. My father gets angry. He goes there to insult the man. So you think that boy is your son? Why are you reducing my son? He is a director of my company. And you are making him small boy. I told my senior pastor, relax. Don't mind him. This office is better than what he's talking about. Whenever you treat and exalt the work of God, higher than your work, God gives you blessing. No man can contest it. Whenever you exalt the name of God, above have Holy Ghost in you and complain. No, 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 no. You can't have the Holy Ghost in you and, and have a, a short memory. You cannot have the Holy Ghost in you and be disconnected from the flows of God. You cannot have the Holy Ghost in you and, and feel that you are unfortunate. Nobody is attending to you. Nobody cares for you because the one who cares for us is not man, but is the Holy Ghost. You can't have him. This is what I learned. Sometimes when I share my experiences to some of you, you will think, oh, wow. When I was seven, write it down. I said, when you fail to pray, you fail to make it in life. Because prayer is a principle of God. Don't, don't fail to pray. If you fail to pray, you fail to lose. Amen. You fail to win. Point number three. What testimony can your church give to you? We have said that one. That's number two. Do you know that the church, we are going to give testimony about you? Eh? In the book of Hebrews, is that the church, the leader, the pastor of the church, he is the keeper of your soul. And he is going to give an account over your soul to God. Let's read the Hebrews. Let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. Please read it. If you don't have to, just listen to what she's saying. Yes, one go. Sit Hebrews chapter 13 verse 17. Hebrews 13 17. Very good. Obey your leaders. Obey your leaders. He said obey your what? Leaders. Obey your what? Leaders. Is a leader a follower? Is a leader a follower? No. Obey a church member? No. Obey what? 
your leaders. Adam says, obey your pastor. And yeah. submit to their authority. And submit to their what? Authority. Does a member have authority? No. Does a member have authority? No. The authority is in the hands of who? The leader. The leader. Hallelujah. So why do you come to church and you are listening to what the member is telling you and not what the pastor is telling you? They keep watch over. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. They they keep what? Watch over you. Ah, can somebody give me another version? They keep watch over your soul. Can another person give me that version? They keep watch over your soul. As those, no, they keep watch over your soul. Who have the soul? All of you, we have the King James. Yes, who are the King James? They watch for your souls. Now read it for me. Read it loud. Yeah, start. Ah, you found it. Uh huh. Read it. Let's see. Obey your leaders. Obey your leaders. And submit to them. And submit to them. For they are keeping watch over your soul. For they are keeping watch over your soul. Jemima. As men who will give to. As men who will have to give account. As men who have to give account. Uh huh. Let them do this joyfully. You see? And not sadly. We, I am standing here, you don't respect. It is better you don't become a member of this church. As long as you remain a member of this church, it is not your mother, excuse me, your father, your brother, your uncle, that is keeping watch over your soul. That responsibility is not in the hands of the father who gave birth to you. That is why the spiritual fatherhood is a higher responsibility than the physical father. Hallelujah. Because the physical father, what he does is to take care of you and feed you physically. But the work of the spiritual father is to stand in the gap between you and God and between in the spirit. Hallelujah. Because he is keeping watch over your soul. And in the life, it is not your spirit that is going to give an account or going to fail God in the judgment. It is your soul. And this man of God is a person who is keeping watch over your soul. Because last night you were sleeping. Right? You were tired and you were sleeping. And I was. As men who will have to give account. They are keeping watch over your soul. As men who will give account. Uh huh. Let them do this joyfully. Let them do. Coffee. When you treat me bad, I can stand before God. This is scripture. And scripture can never be broken. Whatever I say about you to God, heaven will respect him. I'm telling you. That is why a man of God can shut the womb of somebody, a man of God can disconnect somebody from an opportunity. Spiritually, when you become arrogant in the house of God, the man of God can look at you with another eye. And the man of God will never give you an attention. When the man of God takes his eyes from you, spiritually he can lock the realm. No matter any man of God you go to, that man of God can never unlock him. Unless the man of God's anointing is higher. Hallelujah. But you must understand something. Abude did something. He has a certain pastor. And the pastor was so very giant and spiritually the man was great. I said something to the man, to Abude, go and ask your pastor. He went and he mentioned it. And he said, no, 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 I can't do this job. Because I was trying to let him understand that where he is, the man of God is operating from the lower grounds. I said the same thing to mama, right? Go to evangelist, right? Go to evangelist. That day, have you forgotten? That he would tell you about something. That time he wanted to know whoever would take care of your family. Have you forgotten? Mama, the forgetfulness. Mama went there with Khadija 
her daughter, her, her, her granddaughter, and other people, and Ryan, they went there. You remember that prophecy? He went there. And when he went there, the pastor said, I can't do it. Look for another man of God. And that was when Mama and the whole family, have you remember? Mama and the whole family came here. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. The fact that the person has a big chair doesn't mean the person is in control over the spirit. There are certain men of God, God have not given them power to start ministry, to start church. So no matter how big their church is, and the people whom God have never called them and given them that, that mandate, because they are using human intellect, they can do things in a way, and it will favor the church, and the church will become big. The fact that somebody's church is big, doesn't mean the person carry an anointing and unction on his life. Hallelujah. Somebody is surrounded over 10 million, 10 million congregation. But somebody who has only five members have a higher authority in heaven than the person who had one million church. So it's not every pastor that can give an account over the soul of the church member. Except the one whom the Lord has called. Hallelujah. Kofi, I told you something. That your wife... And the church that formerly you attend, that pastor has connived with yours. Hallelujah. I said, going to hell is what? It's a principle. There are people who obey the words of God. Listen, the Bible said, Jesus said it, and take it from me. That's what Jesus said. He said, many of you will come to me and say that, ah, in your name, I cast out demons. Come to me. In your name, I cast out demons. And Jesus will tell you, leave. You didn't do the right thing. He didn't say, you sin. You didn't do the right thing to me. You are broken the principle. You didn't follow the procedure, the protocol, the principle. You haven't. You didn't respect. If you disrespect order and rules in the house, no matter any church you attend, since you have broken the rules in this church, you have disrespected the rules in this church, any church you enter doesn't have the guarantee to take care of your soul. It means any report I said about you to God, it will hold. Many people will go to her, not because they have never fornicated. If you like, don't fornicate. If you like, don't steal. If you don't, if you like, do other things you want. Don't do it. And respect the rules in this house. You are going to hell straight. It's scripture. Sister, read it. And not sadly, for that would be of no advantage to you. Uh-huh. Read that post very well for me. Let them do this joyfully. Oh, see. Okay. Whatever you are doing there, do it in a way. Do your work in a way so that when we stand before God, we will give a proper account and we will do it joyfully. Kofi, when I stand before God and I'm sad because of your attitude, because of your behavior, when I become sad because this guy is supposed to pray an organ and I enter here and this guy is not here and I become sad, it's a why? Why these people are sabotaging me? Because of what I am saying and the pain I'm going through, heaven will respond. you know why? Because the church is connected to God direct. Any pain I am feeling as a man of God is a reflection of what God is feeling. So whenever you see your pastor is not happy about your attitude, about your character, about your behavior, about your inability to hold your office, when I become sad, it is not me who is sad. It's a reflection of God because I represent the image of God. So when I'm sad, it means God is sad to you. Do you know why in the olden days, the church was vibrant? Because they respect the leaders. They respect the leaders. In the days of Elijah, finally, in the days of Elijah, 
Elisha was not part of the student of Elijah. He was not part of the student. Elijah was the one who poured water on the hands of who? Elijah. But the one who received the mantle is supposed to be the one that who went through the training. But in other words, God rather give the mantle to the one who was not trained, but just following the man. My God. If you like, have all the degrees in the world. Have all the hymnetics and gymnastics in the Bible. And disobey the rules. And let somebody who have not been educated before, an untrained person, follow the principles. He will receive the mandate. Who will receive the mantle. Hallelujah. God don't give mantle because you're educated. He gives you mantle because you uphold the office of the leadership holy and greatly. No matter how long, listen to this. Any church you attend, if you are leaving the church, and your message is any church you attend, any pastor that you worship under him, you must respect that pastor and honor him. Not because you have to. It's because you should will to do that. Because that is a requirement of God. Sometimes they are lost in Ghana. It is a requirement to obey. Not because we will. It's a requirement. Requirement is stronger than your will. I don't want to do this. It means that is what you will. But the law is saying you must do it. And you have to do it. Because law is stronger than your will. That is what Jesus said. Give me your will. Because your will is weak. When your will comes into confrontation with the, with, with, with the law, anybody that's operating from the will of God, they don't do things out of murmuring. You know, I have been not been treated fairly because it is not my duty. Everything I'm doing, it is my requirement. The will of God is a requirement. It's a law. Come here, Write this point down, last point. Are you with us or against us? Are you with us or against us? Hallelujah. Are you with us or against us? Tell your neighbor, are you with us or against us? Are you with us or against us? Oh, oh are you with us or against us? What is the answer? Oh, what's the answer? Hallelujah. Ah. Open to Joshua chapter 5 verse 13. Last point. Then we are closing. As you are reading the last point, please take your offering. As we collect the offering that we are closing. Joshua chapter 5 verse number 13. Joshua chapter 5 verse number 13. Are you with us or against us? Are you with us or against us? Joshua chapter 5, verse number 13. Who has opened it? If the Bible is yours, please read it for us. Anybody at all can read it. Joshua chapter 5, verse number 13. Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. Uh huh. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Hallelujah. Clap your hands for the Lord Jesus. Now, let me, let me take it a bit by bit. And let me explain this scripture to you. Just start one more time for the first line. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho. Now, give me your yes. Now, when Joshua was what? 
Near Jericho. Near Jericho. Uh -huh. he, he looked up. Listen. Do you know Jericho? A man traveled from Jerusalem to where? Jericho. Jericho is a building, a city that tried to resist the passage of what? The Israelite. Right? On their land. So Jericho means resistant. Jericho means what? Oh, are you not here? Jericho means what? Jericho means opposition. Say opposition. Opposition. Jericho means what? Opposition. opposition. Jericho means resistance. Listen to this message. I'm telling you one day, I'll preach full message about this. I'll preach, I'll preach this one at one of the Action Chapel Church at Tema. Listen to this. It's a very powerful message, but I'm breaking it down for you tomorrow. Jericho means resistance. But Joshua was at Jericho. At the same place that he was being what? prohibited, resisted from passing that place. At the place of first of all, he had a victory easily. First time, he had a victory by screaming. And the whole Jericho building wall collapsed. This time, he's at the Jericho again. Sister, just read it last year. What is that? Yeah, read it again. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho. Now, when Joshua was near at the place that Jericho... Joshua felt what? Fear once upon a time. He is now getting to the same place that he was felt threatening. He felt threatening. Now, when Jericho was in, when Joshua was near Jericho, I was sit down. When Jer Jer Joshua near what? Jericho, have you been to a place where you felt so bad that you are failing? And by God's grace, you succeeded. And another time, you saw yourself at the same place again. Getting closer. How would you feel? How would you feel? That time, it was great intense. A great battle. And the battle took him to Jericho again. So the Jericho people are still enemy to Joshua. And Joshua saw somebody. Sister, read it. He looked up. Said that was awful. And saw a man standing in front at of him. At that place, Joshua looked up. And he saw another man. He saw a man. Joshua was not alone. He was with the army. So, what was the countenance of this man? That Joshua was able to spot that this man is not one of us. How did he know? Because Joshua became very careful as he was approaching the city of Jericho. Because he has what? Encountered situation before. Huh? The reason why many of you have failed. Somebody that caused your downfall, when the person is approaching you, you are not careful. It's somebody had betrayed you before. When the person comes into your life because of forgiveness, be very careful and extremely careful. Because the, it is likely the person can bring you down second time. So Joshua, go to Jericho. And Joshua was, wow. No, 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 no. no. I have to be very careful. I gotta be careful. I gotta be careful. He lifted up his eye. Bible said he lifted up his eye. It means that it's what? Carefulness, scanning the area. He's looking through his army. If there's a wrong invader, an intruder, and indeed, when he raised his eye, he saw a man standing there with what? A drawn sword. With in a his drone. Hand. When the Bible said that a drawn sword, it means a ready. To slander, ready to kill a drawn sword. And what happened? Joshua went up to him and, and asked. And Joshua went up to him and asked him. 
Are you for us? Are you for us? Or for our enemies? Or for our enemies? Clap your hands for Jesus. The whole night as I was praying, this is what the Lord laid on my heart. And this morning he repeated again. He said, go and ask my people. Are they with the church? Voice of God. Or they are against the church? This is not my question. This is what the Lord said. The Lord is lying. I'm also lying. That's what the Lord said. If you are indeed a faithful servant and a good member, and a good member in a good standing, the Lord will never ask this question. It means there are some people among us. They are only here for a part time. They are only here for a while. They are only here with a negative mindset. And the Lord asks you, ask you, are you with us or are you against us? Because those who are with us, they fight with us. Those who are against us, as if they are fighting with us, but they are fighting us. Come, If you are with us, no matter what anything happens, the church first. The church first. The church first. When the church becomes first thing, your first priority before anything, it does not matter what anybody says. It does not matter what anybody tells you. Whether it's coming from the pulpit or it's coming from the ground floor, you don't care. Because what you know is that this is what I'm supposed to do. And I have to do it with all my strength, with all my might. That is why Solomon asked and Solomon said, you should do something, you should do what? He said, everything that your hands find to do, you must do it with all what? With all your might and with all your strength. If you are with us, when you are fooling and I shout at you, you don't get angry. Even if you get angry, you, get, you don't let the sons set on your anger. You let it go. He said, he's my father. He's my leader. He has a right to say, if I did it right, he would never have said it. Because I was mistaken and I made a mistake. That's why he said it. Bible says, Because what you did was not correct. That is why you were rebuked and chastised. Hallelujah. So if you are here, any office you are operating from, do it with all your might. And as you are doing so, the Lord will give us the grace to take care of your soul. I am here for your soul and not for your body and your spirit. Commandment is that the man should take care of your soul. Your soul is what is going to be presented before God. Going to face the judgment. Hallelujah. May the Lord bless you and bless his word. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, clap your hands one more time. Be on your feet with your, with your offering. Have you taken the first offering? Okay, if you haven't taken it, add your first offering to your second offering. And be on your feet. And give time to God for his word. Give time to God for his word. Give time to God for his word. Oh, open your mouth and begin to give thanks. Give thanks. Hold your offering. Hold your offering and give thanks. Hold your offering and give thanks. Oh, I want you to open your mouth. Don't look at anybody. Don't look at anybody. Don't look at anyone. Oh. Bompai, bompai, bompai. Pray. Thank God. What in your You have heard this word. Thank him. Thank him.
Canada, the Bush, Bob Fernand. 